Greetings to all our followers and to, and to the KGM family here in Wolfish Bay in Namibia. It's um, again a, a privilege and we're going to be sharing the word with you. Today I just want to do a little bit of a, a recap or just speak about that which we spoke already uh, in terms of oneness, uh, the economy of grace. We just want to make sure that we're all on the same page and that and that we, we're not missing what is being said so that we can move forward with this message and make sure that, that the understanding that we, we seek to bring across to you that it really is being grasped and perceived. Um, so when we talk about an economy, we, we, we're talking about a, a demand and a supply. Uh, we're talking about the, the administration of household affairs, as we said in the previous sessions that, that when we talk about an economy of a nation or so on and you look up the word economy in just in a Google or anything like that, you, you will find that they will say it comes from a Greek word meaning household affairs and the administration of those things. So basically an economy speaks of that and I, I tried to explain to you that, that there's the economy of this world and then there's the economy uh, of God in, in his kingdom and it's the economy of grace. And so what we, are actually, what we are actually talking about then is that there's a demand of grace and there's a supply of grace. And it is the grace of God that is being administrated or stewarded by those to whom it has been given. And so if we can grasp that, you know, you need to take some time to meditate upon that and think about that and really, and really have a deep, uh, what's the word, reflection and, and just make sure it sinks into you when you think grace is the demand, grace is the supply and grace is what being administrated. When we talk about in the world, you know, uh, there's money flowing, there's resources flowing, um, all these things, commodities and so we want to make sure that, that we understand the difference and that how this economy uh, slightly works differently. But when we can tap into that economy or, or function in that economy better, we can better enrich ourselves because any economy, if you understand it well and you function better in it, you can enrich yourself by that economy. And it is the same with with the economy of God, um, there is this, if we can understand it better, we will be able to enrich ourselves. It's a supernatural economy and it's an economy that's unaffected by the natural economy of this world and, and it can have great influence upon it. So I'm obviously taking my scripture from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1. It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me, given to me for you. So Paul says here that there's a dispensation has been given to him, a dispensation of the grace of God that has been given to him. And this word dispensation in the Greek is where, is where we get this word economy from, the economy of grace. It's the dispensation of the grace of God and the word dispensation 
means economy. So it is the economy of the grace of God. Um, or it is the administration of the grace of God. This word dispensation means the administration of household affairs or goods um, or handling the estate. So our estate is the grace of God. And I told you in the previous uh, sessions on the economy of grace that, that grace is what meets the demand of the call of God upon your life. So there are things that God would want you to do for him. There's an assignment that he has for you. There's a purpose and a destiny that you must fulfill. And the only way you can fulfill that is by the grace of God. As Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And when he says, and I labored more abundantly than all the other apostles, yet it was not I that was laboring, but it was the grace of God that was laboring in and through his life. So again, uh, who Paul was, was as a result of the grace of God that was at work in his life and the way he labored in the ministry and in the lives of other people and in different nations and things and writing uh, revelations and things for us, these letters that we have in the Bible. Um, all of that which he did was because of the grace of God that was empowering him, equipping him and helping him to do these things. And so in the same way, none of us can become what, uh, who we must become without the grace of God. The grace of God is that which helps us in our weaknesses. The grace of God is that which, which helps us to prophesy, to, to speak words of knowledge, to preach the word, to do healings. There's so many um, things that grace can do for us as the Bible speaks about the riches of God's grace. And so when we think about riches, we must sometimes have God's perspective on how he views grace. He sees grace as riches. And the word riches there means wealth, uh, abundance, treasure. So God sees his grace as his riches, where in the world we find money is for us riches, but not to God. God says, for, for me, grace, my grace is the riches and the wealth that I want to distribute to you and I want you to administrate this riches for me and I will give it to you freely and then you must administrate it. And the more you think about these things and the more you meditate upon it, the more it becomes so clear what it is. Um, so let me, let me go to another scripture, another scripture in the book of First uh, Peter. I think it is in chapter... Chapter 5, chapter 5, verses, oh no, sorry, it's First Peter chapter 4, verses 10. It says here, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And in this scripture we can see that, that we all have received the gift and the gift that we had received was grace. And the Peter is saying that we are stewarding the manifold grace of God. We must be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Uh, that will tell you that, that what we are handling is God's grace. And so grace now becomes more than God just forgiving you, but also what God has deposited inside of you 
to be able to accomplish all that you must do for him. If you have been called to, to bring healing to people, part of what you must do, then God has graced you. God has given you the grace to pray for people, to bring healing. If you are called to prophesy, God has given you grace, so by which you which can empower you to prophesy in the lives of people. And so there is this manifold, this, this various kinds of grace of God. This word manifold means the various kinds of grace of God. So there are different kinds. And that's why the Bible will talk about God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Because there are many different kinds of grace or of the grace of God. And so, there, and so when God says, I will make all, He says, I'll make all these different kinds of, of my grace um, abound towards you, that you will always have the sufficiency for every good work that you want to do. And, and so it's so important to understand that there's so these various kinds of grace and there's, we, this grace of God is under our administration. It's under our stewardship as we are led by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, it becomes an economy of grace that has been entrusted unto us. And we need to know how to work with the grace of God. So I, I mentioned that to you. And, and then I went to this to tell you how, uh, how we can understand how grace can meet all our needs. Now, that is both spiritually and physically, how grace can meet a spiritual need, but it can also meet a physical need. And so grace becomes the sufficiency for every physical need that we have. And it is able to do these things. And, and um, I, I tried to explain that to you by, by, by just saying different things. And I took you to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1, where I mentioned that Paul was explaining to the Corinthian church that when they, on the first day of the week, um, when they take up the collection for the saints, and it had to be uh, an offering, and, and not necessarily uh, in the terms of money, but not like being goats and sheep and so on, because they had to choose somebody who would carry this, this offering, this collection to Jerusalem, who would travel from Corinth all the way up to Jerusalem and make sure that the offering would get there. Now, so this collection was money that was being collected for saints and to minister to the saints. But Paul goes in and he says, whoever you choose, I will send your liberality with this person and this person will carry your liberality, your collection all the way to Jerusalem and deliver it unto the church there so that so that the so that you would so that for what the reason for which we took up the collection would be achieved. Now the Greek word for liberality is grace, charis. In other words, Paul was now saying that your collection, your money or your offering that we took from you and that you gave because you gave it the right way, it has now become grace and it's no longer just money or an offering. So when the Jeru saints in Jerusalem would receive the collection and the offering that was taken up in, from, at Corinth, they would actually be receiving grace 
So the, the person who traveled with that offering was now no longer just carrying an offering, he was carrying grace. And when they received it, they would be receiving grace. And if they received grace, they had received a gift. And it is the gift of grace. And that is so important to understand. And this, so what met the needs of the saints in Jerusalem? Grace. What did God make abound towards them? Grace. But what did, they, what did they also receive? Money or an offering. But that offering was also grace. So God made grace abound towards them. And in making grace abound towards them, they had all that they need for what they should do. Now God says, I will make all grace abound towards you. So when we talk about an economy, we are talking about the demand, we're talking about a supply. We are also talking about the distribution of goods or resources. And so in this case, we are talking, what is the demand? The demand is for grace. What is the supply that God wants to give? Grace. What is being distributed? Grace. And what is being consumed? Grace. That is what's being consumed and that is what is being used for functioning and, and, and to be able to do what we need to do for God. So if I need grace and it needs to be money, God will send that grace to me. I know this sounds a little bit um, different, but you, it, it really takes meditation. <coughs> excuse me. It really takes meditation to, to, to think about what is being said, to read the scriptures that is being given. And I can go to a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And give you an example, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses, verses 9 and 10. It says, yeah, As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remains forever. Now He that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness now look at this he says god will minister seed to the sower so the sower has a demand the demand is he needs to sow god makes the supply the seed the supply is the seed and so the sower sows that is supply and demand bread for the eater now he says he makes bread for the eater the eater is the consumer he consumes the bread but the bread is also the supply the seed to the sower is not only the supply but also the distribution to the sower and the sower then distributes further and so here you can see the whole concept uh, of an economy demand supply distribution administration it is all here, but there is a spiritual, spiritual administration, a spiritual economy that we can live in. Now, the thing about God's economy is that it's supernatural. It, it can be unaffected by your natural economy. And if you can step into this economy and understand it and engage it, you will be able to live by the economy of God. And that is, that is so amazing because if, 
if I can live by God's economy and it's supernatural and unaffected by the natural economy, then it means though the natural economy suffers, I can still live by this economy. And, and whether God does it supernaturally or brings material things or just miraculously supplies food in the way that he did to, to uh, like the, 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 the 5,000 that Jesus fed uh, with the five loaves and as he distributed, it multiplied. And, and the point here that I'm trying to get to, to you is you got to understand God's economy. Uh, you got to understand there's another economy. If you don't catch that, it's going to be difficult for you to, to, to grasp what I'm trying to say here. And, and, and I'm trying to show you, I gave you the scriptures of dispensation, which means economy. And these scriptures demand supply. Um, God says in his, in his word, he says, come buy bread from me. Come buy without money. So in, in God's economy, there is buying. And Jesus also says, go and sell what you have. Uh, so in God's economy, there's also selling. There's also a release of the things that you have um, so that you can acquire certain things. We, we sometimes, uh, because we only have this one viewpoint of grace and don't understand the, the manifold, the various kinds of grace, and because we, we only look at this grace as something that, that brings salvation and we just leave it there, then, then, we, then we have kind of like this idea that, you know, that everything just comes freely. Not everything comes freely. The book of James says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for after he had endured, he shall receive a reward. So some things that you are going to receive, they're not going to come simply because you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. They're going to come because you've endured. You have earned it in a sense. Right? And I want you to understand that. I want you to grasp that. that, it, that it, there's an economy. There's an economy. There's an economy. And what is being, what is being administrated in that economy? Grace. And we are not just talking about your salvation. We are talking about the gifts of grace that you have received. Um, they must be administrated. And also uh, things that you received physically that have come as grace, unearned, undeserved. And, and you say it's none other but the favor of God that has given these things unto me. And, and therefore we know it is given to us by grace. And, and these things must then be administrated. And the better you administrate it, the better you handle it, the better you work with it, the better you steward it, the better you do with the grace of God what is meant to be done with it, then the better you can increase in the grace of God and it then can meet the need that you, ha that you have. And it just kind of goes on and on and on and on. So in an economy, there has to be in a cycle, there's distribution, there's consumption, and then there's demand and supply, and it all continuously moves in that circle. And in the same with God, you give, you receive. You give, you receive. You give, you receive. You sow, you receive. You sow, you receive. So it just continues to go. You sow, you receive. You sow, you receive. And as you sow and you receive, at the same time, you'll find bread to eat 
for what you for what you need to do your need to consume and i think the 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 the, the whole idea here is is understanding that grace was was never meant just to be given to you and just stay with you and never be distributed to somebody else uh, when it is not distributed then it's not really in an economy it is just stuck somewhere there it needs to flow and we know in any economy when the supply stops but the demand is there then the then the economy suffers and when we do not learn how to distribute and how to administrate the economy of god that god wants us to live in suffers because of our administration of the grace of god or of these household resources that god has given to us and as i as i study these things i i'm amazed at 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 these at the workings of god and again what are you administrating grace um how can i when you administrate grace what happens to you is that what you receive is also grace because god makes all grace abound towards you now if we take this understanding and we fit it into the scriptures here in second corinthians chapter 9 it says here from verse 6 but this i say he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly he who sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully so we understand that when we sow distribution we shall reap right supply again back to us we shall reap and according to how we sow is according to how we if we sow sparing we reap sparingly if we sow bountifully we reap bountifully now what the writer if you bring second corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 put it together and in its context what the what paul is actually trying to tell us is that when we distribute grace bountifully we will harvest grace bountifully because we can sow money we can give money the collection but when it is given in the right heart and given in the same way that it represents the way god gives for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever will believe in him shall receive eternal life freely without having to work for it but jesus had earned it so for them so when i give finances money and i give it to a person without them having deserved this giving and i gave it freely from my heart and i gave it without any expectation that the person who's receiving the finances that i'm giving without them expecting anything from them in return what i then have just done is my giving has no longer just become money it has become grace and when it becomes grace it is now grace that i am sowing and if i sow in that way bountifully i will reap grace bountifully and when i reap grace bountifully god then because i sow bountifully god has to now make sure that i reap bountifully and how will he do that 
I will receive things coming my way in the same manner in which I give it. Remember, the, everything that you give, a seed reproduces after its kind. If I sow freely, I must reap freely. That is how it works. So now because I sow grace, God makes grace come to me. And how does God make grace come to me? He, your grace, the, another word for grace is favor. So what then God does is he, he increases my favor. And then now I, doors open for me. If I had to be in business, doors open for me that I didn't earn. You just don't understand how this guy out of the blue gave you a call. You didn't do anything. People are looking for you because what is God now doing? He is making grace abound towards you. He is making, he is allowing you to harvest that which you have sown. You have sown grace freely, so he makes doors open freely. He makes opportunities come freely because you give freely. Why? Because he will make sure that the sower is always supplied with seed to sow, but at the same time bread for him to eat. And this is what we need to understand. This is, when I began to understand this, I realized this is why it is so important to tell people to give. And you know, and I, I, in the past I used to be so, so um, what's the word, scared and, and didn't want to tell people, you know, you need to give. Um, and what can I tell you? Uh, what I have in my life is because I gave. It's not, it's not because somebody gave to me, but it's not because they gave to me first, but it's because I gave first. And then I always tell, and I always say this to pastors uh, when we talk about finances, then I say, you know what, your finances is not going to increase because your church is giving more or because your church is growing in numbers. I say your finances will increase when you as a pastor learn how to give. And so don't wait for people to give. You must start giving. And in my own life, my finances have increased not because people gave more, but because I firstly started to give more and to distribute in the correct way that God expects me to distribute this thing. And if I don't distribute it the way that God wants me to distribute it, uh, then I am not going to receive um, this grace. And so this now, when that opportunity comes your way, that you didn't earn, that you don't deserve, but somehow a door opens that you did nothing for. How is that possible? Then you say it's favor. Yes, it's favor. It's grace. Why? Because you give grace. So God has to, has to now make you harvest abundantly, reap abundantly. And when we look at this now, now it says here, and then it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So he can make physical money, doors open, opportunities, contracts, uh, promotions. Things come your way that you like. You, perhaps you don't have a job. Now you get a job because that little bit that you had, you started to give. And we must lose the fear of giving, the fear of tomorrow by learning how to distribute grace. And, and we... we we, we, we somehow, in, in the kingdom of God, we somehow just can't, um, we, we, we just don't want to give. And I think we need to learn to, to distribute. Distributing is the key. 
distribute, distribute, give, give, without looking for in return. Just give what you have. And when you do that, you will find that, that God will, will make more grace abound towards you. So I, I leave you in, in, in this part three of the economy of grace. And I'll, I'll be back um, to discuss again further um, how we should administrate the grace of God within his economy. And, and just help to uh, trust the Lord that we can help to bring this understanding across to you. So I bless you. Until next time, see you again.